Hi, it's Matt. Just before we start the show, I want to tell you about a great live event I've got coming up on the 27th of March. To celebrate 600 episodes of Recruiting Future, I'm going to be hosting a live Ask Me Anything webinar. This is your chance to pick my brain on anything you like, including market trends and predictions, the impact of AI on recruiting, skills-based hiring, the changing role of recruiters, podcasting tips, or even my favourite Scottish tourist destinations and whiskies. Literally, ask me anything. I'll also be joined by some surprise special guests who'll be adding their perspectives to the conversation. You can sign up now by going to mattalder.me slash AMA. That's mattalder.me slash AMA. And I really look forward to seeing you there. That web address one last time. mattalder.me slash AMA. Support for this podcast comes from Predictive Hire. Predictive Hire is a frontier interview automation solution that solves three pain points in recruiting. Bias, candidate experience and efficiency. Their customers are typically those that receive an enormous amount of applications and are dissatisfied with how much collective time is spent on hiring. Unlike other forms of assessments, which can feel confrontational, Predictive Hire's first interview is built on a text-based conversation. Totally familiar because text is central to our everyday lives. Every candidate gets a chance at an interview by answering five relatable questions. Every candidate also receives personalised feedback. AI then reads the candidate's answers for best fit, translating assessments into personality readings, work-based traits and communication skills. Candidates are scored and ranked in real time, making screenings 90% faster. Predictive Hire fits seamlessly into your HR tech stack and with it you will get off-the-richter efficiency, reduced bias and humanise the application process. They call it hiring with heart. To find out more, go to predictivehire.com. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 388 of the Recruiting Future podcast. Challenging talent markets and the increasing adoption of AI-driven technology are driving a revolution in recruiting. We're now seeing recruiting automation happening in many different ways, and it's becoming clear that talent acquisition is changing forever. So how can employers use AI and automation technology to benefit recruiters and hiring managers and also radically enhance the candidate experience? To help answer these questions in a practical way, I have two brilliant guests. Rhonda Lloyd, Director of People Solutions and Recruiting at WebHelp, and Barb Hyman, CEO at Predictive Hire. Hi Rhonda, hi Barb, welcome to the podcast. Could you just both introduce yourselves and tell us quickly what you do? Uh, Rhonda, could you go first? Hi, Matt. Hi, Bob. Uh, Yeah, I'm Rhonda Lloyd. I am the recruitment director 
for Web Help UK region. So I have responsibility uh, for recruiting passionate game changers across five different countries, the UK, India, South Africa, Mexico and the US. Fantastic stuff. And Barb, could you uh, introduce yourself and tell us what you do? Yes, I'm here because Rhonda and WebHelp are one of our customers. I'm the CEO and founder of Predictive Hire. Um, We're a company that's built technology that dignifies, democratises hiring using technology that's been designed to actually remove bias. So we're a hiring technology company. First question to Rhonda. You sort of described the the scale of your uh, of, of your role there and uh, what you have to do. Talk us through the the recruitment challenges that you see in your industry. Yeah, so there it's actually it's a very very interesting time. I think you ask any company employer recruiter right now. COVID has definitely had a big impact, um, and the market is. Um, beyond anything that I have seen in my career before. So I'm happy to give you my sort of overview on what I think is happening in each of the different markets that I've described. So I get the opportunity to um, understand how five different markets work in five different countries. So it's really interesting to see what is happening globally. So if we if we look, I'm based in the UK. So if I look close to home, um, there is, without doubt, a labour shortage. I think as recently as in the news last week, job vacancies in the UK exceeded one million, uh, which is um, a staggering number. But what that means is it makes the competitive very very the market very competitive. So. It is a job seekers market and what we and other employers are having to do is become much more creative to improve our total reward package so that we attract candidates to us. Um, So that's the that's the UK really, um, really difficult at the moment. Job seekers market, a low number of job seekers Um, to vacancies. That's actually very similar to what we're seeing in the US. It's almost um, a like-for-like market. India um, is interesting. Um, The challenges that we face in India, it is an absolute war for talent right now. Highly competitive and again, a job seekers market. What we're finding in India is that Um, candidates are absolutely shopping around and also we're seeing that candidates will make a commitment to ourselves and we think fantastic we've you know hired a really great um, colleague to join WebHelp and then at the last minute candidates were gazumped by um, other companies that's actually not dissimilar to Mexico, so um, a, a, a similar landscape there. And then in South Africa, we have very different challenges again. Now, unemployment rates are above 30%, so there really is an availability of skilled 
um, talent out there, which is great. But then we have the challenge of the country infrastructure. Um, so it can be a little bit unstable with power outages. People don't typically have broadband. Mobile data is very expensive. So therefore, our ability to um, access talent pools enable people to work from home, etc. limits our options. So it's really, the challenges are different in each of the countries. But to sum it up, I'd say at this point in time, the majority of countries, it is a job seekers market. Importantly, how are we responding to these conditions? We've done a number of things differently to help people choose a career at WebHelp over than others. These changes have compelled over 250,000 talented individuals to apply to become a passionate game changer for WebHelp and our clients. This has helped us hire thousands of new web helpers who put our clients at the heart of what they do. So specifically, what have we done differently? Well, we've gone big on all social media channels. We've published our amazing people stories to bring to life our culture here at WebHelp. I'm sure you'll have seen our posts on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, etc. We're also using geo-targeted digital pop-up adverts on apps such as Spotify and YouTube. So we're, we're present um, even when people are gaming or interacting on their phones or devices. Our work from home proposition is also now very well developed and attractive to candidates. And overall, what I'd say is we've made the candidate experience low effort without compromising our high standards. Introducing predictive hire was transformational for us. It has put the candidate in control. They choose when to do their first interview and they get feedback. And I suppose over the last couple of years, as this as this situation has sort of developed and and come to a head, how how have you seen recruitment changing, and, and what does that sort of what does that journey look like? So the change in recruitment, I think, has been accelerated in the last eighteen months, um, and certainly even the last six months, as things have begun and the world has begun to open back up. I think people have reevaluated the roles that they're in or what they want out of life. So we're seeing a big movement of talent um, um, across all, all of our different countries. I think fundamentally, what for me the shift has been, it is now candidate led. So it is very much about what we can offer the candidate, not what they can offer us. So, you know, it is without a doubt, candidate first, candidate led. I think the other things, therefore, how we need to respond to that is the journey needs to be low effort. It needs to be engaging and it absolutely needs to be on the channel of choice for candidates. So for, for, for web help, AI is playing a big part for us and hence why we've partnered with Predictive Hire. But AI is playing a big part in society, uh, full stop. 
So if I think just on a personal level, you know, what what's what are my habits? How do I communicate with people? So I much prefer to chat um, with friends and family via messenger rather than um, through a call. Uh, and this is no different from candidates. Um, you know, candidates want to do uh, contact us in their own time. They want to do their interviews when it suits them. And actually, the, the more that they can do via um, chat or even to some degree video, uh, the, the better for them. So tech will definitely and is enabling us to continue to simplify the journey for candidates. It's what they want. Absolutely. And I completely, completely empathise with that because uh, I, I just get totally freaked out when people phone, phone me and it's, and it's unplanned. <laughs> if, it's people that I, if it's people that I know, but, um, you know, I'll happily chat on WhatsApp and, uh, you know, Messenger um, the, the whole time I'm awake, basically. Um, so moving, coming over to, 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 to Bob, is this the most innovative time that we've seen in recruiting? We've got technology, we've got all these challenges, and we've also got businesses moving very, very quickly because, um, you know, in lots of ways they've had to because of the, the pandemic and everything that's been going on. Look, I think, um, you know, the last 12 months there's been such a change in what's motivating people to turn to technology in recruitment. Last year it was about actually there was a surplus of people in market and it was how do we find the very best people out of that huge volume of candidates that are coming in. And now it's actually about how do we move at a ridiculous pace to get that very small set of candidates that are interested in working for us. So the answer is still the same, which is automation. Reality is that humans and recruiters don't scale. So the only way cost effectively that you're going to get to that talent fast is using, you know, smart technology. I think the other thing, um, you know, as Rhonda was saying, recruiters uh, effectively harder to find now than software engineers is it's almost you know necessity is the mother of all inventions so whilst the last 12 months we've still seen some companies reluctant or a little bit fearful about AI um, now what we're seeing is they have no alternative but to turn to that kind of technology um, and what it requires is really looking beyond type looking beyond the CV trying to find that undiscovered talent because, you know, there is just not enough people with the title that you're looking for, so you have to look beyond the traditional type. And, you know, I think to me what's accelerated is I hope the death of the CV um, because really if you're still relying on and reading CVs, you're missing the point in terms of finding talent. Um, and what candidate loves writing a CV and submitting a CV and then getting asked to repeat all that same information in the ATS. So I think this idea of sort of disintermediating, disintermediating those traditional processes is, is, is gathering pace for companies. Absolutely. I mean, it's such, it's such an interesting time. And I suppose a question to Rhonda about this, because, you know, we talk a lot about candidate experience and we talk a lot about automation. But I mean, how do you make sure that the candidate experience sort of lives up to and encapsulates the the, the employer brand and the, the, the EVP? For me, we are a people first organisation. So in recruitment, we also think candidate first. So when I look at the last 15 months, so this is how long, for example, we've been partnered with um, 
with predictive hire, we've received probably over a quarter of a million applications. And what predictive hire has enabled us to do is not only offer every candidate an interview, but also to give them personalised feedback following that interview. So every single applicant um, gets an interview and gets feedback. So for us, with our people first approach and our think candidate first, this really does help candidates experience our employer brand. Um, I think it's probably also here worth mentioning around uh, what we are also doing to improve the candidate experience. So recruitment for me is also about giving something back, but equally about meeting our company objectives. So for us, web help, making business more human is the choice we have made to guide us in how we behave every day as a company, as an employer, and as a partner for our clients, investors, and suppliers. So our commitments to ESG forms an intrinsic part of how we do business and we make a positive impact. So as part of our global ESG strategy, impact hiring will account for around 15% of our hires by 2025. So we consciously and intentionally hire and provide career development opportunities to people who otherwise would have limited prospects for formal employment. So again, our employer brand, our Think Human Foundation, this is about ensuring that the candidates that come through to us equally feel and have that experience from day one. So from the point that they are afforded an interview, they get feedback, they then come on a career development journey with us. You know, that's amazing stuff. That sounds like a fantastic initiative. And I can see how technology is something that's going to that's going to really kind of help you help you get there with that. Just, I suppose, another question on on the experience that, that people that people get. What, what's the experience like for, for, for hiring managers, say? Is it something that, that technology's improved? Technology has definitely improved the experience um, for both candidates and hiring managers. So if I look at it through the lens of a recruiter and indeed hiring managers, what we are able to do, so what the use of technology, the use of AI has allowed us to do is not only improve the experience and the journey for candidates, but equally has allowed us to be much more efficient. Um, so, so therefore, we are able to um, identify those who are, who are um, most suited to our roles because of the models that we build in the background. So straight away, we are beginning to um, identify candidates who are most suited and therefore most likely to be successful. So again, if we're shortlisting and submitting candidates to hiring managers, we are able to do that much more quickly 
and we are able to give them much, much greater insight into that candidate. And that insight is born from um, bias-free, objective assessments um, of, of that candidate. And equally, actually, it also then goes on to improve the experience for um, our trainers. So uh, as an organisation who does work on behalf of the world's most exciting brands, we have a huge training team who also benefit from the insights of these candidates. So should there be something that we need to do differently or adapt in training, etc. So the insights that we get are great for the candidates, the recruiters, the hiring managers, and also then through to training. I'm going to kind of expand this question to bring Barb into the conversation at this point, because obviously you're working with lots of different um, organisations. What value are you seeing people get from, from this, this type of approach to recruiting? So there's the, there's the day one value, which is just, you know, extraordinary efficiency. So we've just um, gone live with a really large retailer who is recruiting 20,000 plus a year. Um, and uh, they are doing that within 24 hours of the candidate applying. They're giving everyone an interview, as Rhonda said. They're seeing an ethical plus from the use of this approach because there is no way that they could scale up and fund the opportunity for everyone to get an interview. And if they did use the normal approach, you know, you run the risk of bias in that process. And the value to them is the ability to actually fill roles really fast. And in organisations which are sales-driven or customer service-driven, that makes a real difference to the business. Um, And they're also doing that without recruiters being involved in that process. So that's probably the kind of extreme end of automation. But what we're also seeing is really a chance for recruiters to reimagine their role, to go from being CV screeners and administrators to being talent business partners to being talent concierges to really partnering with the hiring manager to help them think through what are you really looking for in this role and helping them navigate that hiring process with the minimum of bias. So I think for recruiters to be liberated and empowered and to be much more dignified in the role they play is a big change. There's obviously a huge efficiency impact, but also the other piece which I think is really exciting, driven by last year and Black Lives Matter, is Now businesses are saying we actually have to do something about diversity. We have to do something about interrupting bias and it's not going to happen with video interviewing. It has to be with something that's purpose-built, that's blind. And so we're seeing tremendous results in organisations, Woody's being one who shared their story of how they've managed to achieve their diversity targets within, you know, six months or so that otherwise would have taken them another five years. So that ability to really hire and optimise for diversity, and I know it matters to Rhonda and WebHelp as well, is a big motivator for people to turn to to technology like ours. One of the things that we've talked about on the podcast before was the importance of uh, transparency and ethics when it comes to AI and recruiting technology. As more companies start to implement AI at scale, this is going to become a bigger and bigger issue, isn't it? So, I mean, give us give us your thoughts on you know transparency and ethics when it comes to um, you know when it comes to AI. Well, I think you know Matt, my background is in HR. I was a CHRO, and for me, I always used to believe that trust in your culture is really critical to getting the best out of your people and the best for the business. And trust comes through transparency. 
And I think when you're making decisions around people who you hire, who you promote, and you're doing that without objective data and you're sitting around a table and passing judgment in a very opinionated way, that does not enhance trust in people decisions. So for me, that was a big motivation to start this company and build this tech. And I think it flows through to the way we've built the product in that for us anyway, we're the only AI vendor to have peer-reviewed and published our signs. We've created a standard that we live by that we've shared globally to help organisations navigate this space. And I think what I'd say to anyone, you know, in Rhonda's shoes or anyone else thinking about AI is, firstly, you have to, you know, there's no escaping it because the power of AI is just so extraordinary for a business. It's the only way to drive towards better business outcomes. You cannot improve quality of high without the automation of that data and that learning from those um, people being hired and, and whether they've performed or not is to really lean in and be curious and educate yourself about this space and don't believe the puffery that you see on a whole lot of sites about we're the only one with ethical AI, we're the only one to have it independently evaluated. There's no such thing, right? There is no regulation, which means there's a much higher onus on the leaders to leverage data scientists in their organisation and really learn and, and educate themselves about this. I've seen a big change in that over the last 12 months from the HR community. Absolutely. And that really underlines just how complicated and confusing the buying process can be for employers when they're, when they're we're looking at these types of uh, technologies. I mean, Rhonda, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, the, the process for you? What were your sort of considerations when you were looking for um, a tech, an AI solution to, to sort of, you know, bring, bring you this, this, this kind of value? Well, maybe I start with um, the light bulb moment that went on when we um, first saw predictive hire. Um, so um, we attended uh, a forum run by Talent, uh, Talent Tech Rising, and this is where organisations get the opportunity to do um, 10 minute slots in order to almost pitch their product so a bit of a dragon's den um, and immediately when we saw it uh, we thought actually this could be a brilliant tool for us so we we weren't specifically looking at it but we attended um, Talent Tech Rising simply because we wanted to improve our candidate journey and we wanted to give our candidates something different and equally we were seeing at that point eve because this was back in uh 2020 uh, not long after um covid hit and therefore at the number of applications that we received quadrupled and very consciously we wanted to make sure that we were um, still giving those candidates a great experience. So we saw predictive hire and we thought immediately, actually, this could be something that works for us. So and so fo following that, we picked up immediately with, with um, Barb and the team at predictive hire. So our, our buying considerations at that point was, well, it's at least got to be cost neutral, I think, is where we started at. It's got to be easy, uh, not only easy to uh, use 
um, from a candidate's perspective, but actually easy to do business with um, with, with a supplier, um, with predictive hire in this instance. Um, but also it's got to be easy for our recruiters because, again, volumes were, were significant. So um, speed of implementation, cost neutral, great candidate experience were probably the, the biggest considerations or those are the things that we had in our mind. Um, what we didn't realise until we then started getting into, in, into more of the detail were the benefits that sat behind it around um, the bias free interviewing, the benefits of it being candidate led, the fact that um, it is much more inclusive and also candidates can access this on a channel of their choice. So, you know, it's mobile friendly, desktop, etc. And considering the deployment of this across multi different countries with different challenges, that was again really important um, to us. I think Barb, correct me if I'm wrong here, but we went live in all countries as a pilot within four weeks. That's just how easy it was. And then from that, we began then to build the integration into our systems because that was also another consideration. It needed to be as automated as possible. Um, so, yeah, initially what we ended up with, with were far greater benefits than what we even considered when we were thinking about buying this product. I mean, that's brilliant to hear because that doesn't actually happen very often in, in recruiting technology. It's normally the it's normally the opposite way around. So I think, um, you know, there is some great, you know, you've got some kind of great criteria there in terms of um, in terms of how you, how you move forward. Um, for a final question, I just want to talk a little bit about the, the, the future. We, we've talked about it being a really innovative time. We've talked about the challenges that, that the employers are facing at the moment. I'm interested to get everyone's views on how this is going to move forward. If we if we had this um, conversation again in a couple of years' time, what would we what would we be talking about? So I'm going to ask that to ask that to Barb first. Yeah, look, I, I definitely think more personalization um, has to be part of how experiences are designed. I think companies want to get close to their talent, but individuals also want to get close to the company, and people are looking for some intimacy in that experience, a connection. So I hope and expect that more of those experiences for more candidates across both white collar and all roles are much more human um, and leverage technology in a way that feels dignifying, that is obviously um, fair, but also gives them something back. So what I really hope is what we offer now, this personalised feedback, becomes the norm. I mean, we have a competitive edge now in market on that, but I really do hope it becomes the norm because the difference it makes to candidates is extraordinary in terms of their self-awareness and their motivation. And that's really important right now when a lot of people feel pretty down about the world. So more personalization, a genuinely human first approach. And I also think companies will be shouting from the rooftops about how AI has actually helped them drive not just better connection with talent, but also better business outcomes. 
I think we'll get to a point where it's more normalized and companies won't be so fearful about revealing that they're using AI tech. Actually, I think it will be seen as something that's a sign of being a very progressive company. Absolutely. And Rhonda, what are your thoughts? Well, let's put the COVID thing to one side, shall we? Because undoubtedly, we will still be talking about that in uh, two years' time. And actually, I'm I'm hoping that we will be talking about it in relation to how it has accelerated the shift in mindset. So, you know, who knew we could have the world working from home um, in January 2020? We would have suggested that was a much slower burn. Likewise, I think we will see that, you know, the, the shift towards more use of tech AI automating the process um, for for talent will will absolutely be right up there in terms of discussions. But I think it will also be focused very much on it being candidate-led. So how can candidates self-serve? What can they do themselves? So it's much more um, push rather than pull. Um, for me personally and for web help we will absolutely be talking about impact hiring our think human foundation and accessing um really fantastic talent of the future um through partnerships and organizations that give people um a chance of employment so those for me i think are the the things that we'll be talking about in two years time we'll have to revisit and find out hey (laughs) Rhonda and Barb thank you very much for joining me my thanks to Barb and Rhonda you can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts on Spotify or via your podcasting app of choice please also follow the show on Instagram you can find us by searching for Recruiting Future you can search all the past episodes at recruitingfuture.com On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list to get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time and I hope you'll join me. This is my show. Welcome to Don't Retire, Graduate, the podcast that asks you what you want to be when you grow up so you can graduate into retirement with a purpose and a passion, whether you're 25, 85, or any age in between. Gain actionable financial and mindset tips from your favorite authors, podcasters, and influencers to help you reach that exciting next chapter. Listen now and start building your path to financial freedom and reframing what retirement can mean to you. This is your host, Eric Brotman, reminding you, don't retire, graduate.